Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. He is the organic gardener, Doug Oster, dougoster.com. But before we get to Doug, this is what you need to do. Dancing through some raindrops the last couple of weeks, the garden is beginning to grow. Those tomatoes are looking ripe, delicious, juicy, and ready. But you need to call us right now. It's Ready, Set, Go with all those gardening questions. You can reach him at 866-391-1020, 866-391-1020. Now, if you want to be the caller at number 10 to win that gift certificate to Sorgles, you have to dial 412-922-1020. So without further ado, here he is, the star of the show, the one and only, often imitated but never duplicated, <laughs> the organic gardener. I don't know, I'm wound up today. Everybody you are. What, what What got into your coffee I this morning? I got an hour and a half of sleep last night, and I feel like I slept for three days. Oh, my right. gosh, I don't know how you do it. I need I need eight hours minimum and prefer 10. <laughs> <laughs> and we have to check your pulse two or three times during that time. Somebody does. Here he is, Doug Oster, DougOster.com. Morning, Doug. Good morning. Later on today, Dick Till from Davy Tree will be here to talk all about uh, trees, keeping them watered, keeping them healthy. You know, got some decent rain, got some coming, so that's good news. But I wanted to start off with the number one question, and I'm getting it a lot. Why doesn't my hydrangea bloom? And I can't, I answered it this morning, actually. I, I posted something up at dougoster.com with all. The details of everything I'm going to be talking about uh, this morning about your hydrangeas, but there's one type of hydrangea, and it's it's common name. It's the mophead hydrangea, which is hydrangea macrophylla, and it's the one that turns blue and pink that everybody wants. And it's tough to get to bloom in our climate for the most part. Uh, first off, with that type of hydrangea, never prune it. That's the first problem because it's putting on buds almost as soon as it's done flowering. And so if you do prune it, you know, I, I that's, that was one of the questions this morning was like, well, I cut it down, you know, in the fall and it still didn't bloom. Well, that's why it didn't bloom because you're cutting off the buds. The second thing that happens is those buds freeze out during the winter. And it happens all the time where we get this uh, warm spell, those buds swell. And then it gets really cold, and especially really cold wind, and it freezes those buds out, and they will not bloom. Of course, the deer don't help us. I'm going to talk about the deer in a little bit. But there are other types of hydrangeas that are more reliable bloomers. But for your macrophylla, you know, I talked to this hydrangea expert, Lorraine Bellato. I'm going to talk to her once a year about this. And she always says, go with these newer varieties uh, that are more reliable bloomers. But 
for m- many of us, you don't want to replant. I, I've got a, a Nico Blue, which is an old-fashioned one. It, you know, I, ca- I can't keep the deer off it. But if you surround the the hydrangea, the mop head, hydrangea macrophylla with just some tomato stakes at the end of the season and put some burlap around the outside, that will give it enough protection where it should bloom if that is your issue. But just think of there's all sorts of different types of hydrangeas. If you're going to go out there and add hydrangeas to your landscape, there are just so many more much more reliable bloomers, especially nowadays. You know, the it started with the Endless Summer series, but there's a lot of them that do this where instead of just blooming on the old wood, last year's wood, they'll also bloom on new growth. There are certain types, again, they don't, the other types don't have really the, the same look of the flower, but they're more reliable bloomers. You've got your uh, panicle hydrangea, which are blooming right now. If you look around, you see these kind of white cone-shaped flowers. Uh, in fact, there's a beautiful one right in, on the way here to the uh, studio in Foster Plaza. And then there's oak leaf hydrangea. There's the mountain hydrangea. Just if you go to DougOster.com, if you want to get a deep dive on hydrangeas, uh, it's right there. Now, for this week's video uh, in Doug's garden, I went on the road to see the most amazing garden Kevin Prahl is growing palm trees in Pittsburgh, believe it or not. He's got got to be at least 20 feet tall uh, palm tree, that, and you wouldn't believe all the things he does to keep that thing alive all winter because he's not bringing it inside. <laughs> it is one of the most amazing gardens I've ever seen, Just not just palm trees, but filled with all sorts of tropicals. Now, some of those tropicals, anything in pots, comes into like he has a conservatory, brings them in. This is all in New Kensington. And it is a very, very cool garden, stunning garden. And uh, we had a blast making this tour together. So, uh, again, at the website, dogoster.com, you can watch the whole video there, uh, 15 minutes of us just looking at all these cool plants. And a lot of these plants you can have in your garden. You know, they're out there. They're available. You know, I don't think uh, anybody's going to want to try and keep a palm tree uh, alive all winter. But he keeps two palm trees, I mean, like, Real palm trees alive all winter. He has like covers <clears throat> covers them and has like Christmas lights in there. And then he has a thing on his bedside table that tells him if the temperature ever gets below inside where that plant is, inside where it's the covering, if it goes below 32 degrees, he has something right on his uh, bedside table that tells him. So he'll go running out there and if a fuse blows or something like that. Uh, at this point of the season, keep those flowers blooming with deadheading. I am doing lots of deadheading. I have a rose that I just love, and I post pictures about it all the time. It's called Funny Face. And it basically been blooming all summer by cutting off uh, the old blooms, then not letting the plant go to seed. Nowadays, most annuals, they're... They don't really need deadheading, but it always helps. You know, zinnias, marigolds, uh, lots of plants. If you see just the dried head on there, you know, Mexican sunflower, anything like that, once that head dries, the plant is trying to make seeds, and it's not going to be, it's not going to want to keep flowering as much. So deadheading for your annuals is important. And one of my favorite, toughest, shade-loving perennials is starting to bloom right now. If you've got shade, 
and you're looking for a perennial that is deer resistant, I mean, in my case, it's got to be deer proof because I hate to say that because you know how it is. They'll eat anything. But the deer walk right by it and it's called Ligularia. And the one that I'm growing is called Ligularia Brit Marie Crawford. And uh, a breeder gave it to me back when I worked at the Post-Gazette got to be 15 years ago, and I just stuck it in there. I've never watered it. Uh, I've never done any, never fertilized it. It just has this, first off, it has this beautiful, like, purplish and bronze foliage all all season. You know, it dies to the ground in the winter. And now it's putting on these beautiful orange, yellow, daisy-shaped flowers that I just love. And then after that, a pretty cool-looking seed head. Ligularia. Take a look at that genus. There's a lot of different ones. Uh, this one stays kind of roundish and maybe two and a half feet tall, but there's one called the rocket that's like, you know, six foot tall, tough as nails, don't need as much water as you would think, and just a, a wonderful, wonderful shade plant. And keep spraying for the deer. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm not letting up. I mean, I can't, I, I've talked at length about my deer problems and just how they're just, they're everywhere now. I'd, going out the house the other day, they're, they're at the corner of the driveway. They're just four or five of them just laying there looking at me as I drive by. Uh, and I'm using Bob X, but there are lots of great, great uh, sprays out there uh, for you to take care of the deer. You ready for a break or you want me to keep talking? You know what I was just thinking? Well, this would be a great ad. Have a deer dressed up in all sorts of gardening gear. And have a picture and a caption that would say, either you tend to your garden or I will. <laughs> Boy, that is good. Man, I, I'm telling you, Doug, I, I see deer everywhere now. I mean, young deer, deer, a doe, a reindeer. I mean, you name it. Yeah, they're I mean, my, I've got a, a mom and two babies, and I was working in the garden, and they're just looking at me. you know? know. And even if you do take a step towards them, you know, they're a little more protective of the babies. They run for a little bit, but not, you know, and the dog is on the leash barking like crazy, and uh, it's just a pain. This, the Bob X, if you spray your stuff with Bob X, and I'm sure lots of other different repellents too, uh, as long as you spray religiously, they'll, you'll keep them off the plants. So, uh, Cindy, um, Rich Engler's beautiful bride cut me some homemade basil that I took to Joe Dentici's Mm. family, and some tomatoes and some other stuff, and I was there doing a little video to promote his uh, Behind the uh, Stage Door documentary. It's getting all kind of rave reviews and all the guitars and stuff that he has and the gardens. You were the very first person I thought of when <laughs> I was on the deck looking at the garden, which is beautiful. And here I kind of figured, so you've actually... Yeah, I was there a couple times. Helped him out actually with the wisteria issue, you know. And uh, yeah, beautiful place. And, uh, you know, we talk rock and roll. And he, he at the time he had... What I have coveted for a long time, because I haven't seen it since the 70s, is a Rolling Stones, the original Rolling Stones pinball machine. I actually think Wisteria opened up for the Stones one time when they were here. <laughs> All right, we're going to get a break in here. Listen, if you got a question for him, call us, 866-391-1020. High School Football back on KDK Radio, where the biggest games packed with the most excitement. Find out Thursday afternoon at 530. It's the 2023 High School Football Schedule Reveal with Dan Zangrilli and the Post-Gazette's The Legend, Mike White. Thursday at 530, right here, 100.1 FM, AM 1020, KDKA. All right, before Mr. Till gets in here, and uh, we have some time with Davey Tree talking trees, what do you say we go to you and talk to you on the phone lines? It is 866-391-1020. Anything on your mind in the way of gardening, because that is his uh, 
expertise. He is Doug Oster, DougOster.com. This is The Organic Gardener on KDKA. Let's say hi to Rose. Rose, you're on the air. Welcome to the show. Hey, hi, guys. I have a question. I just uh, got my coffee grinds and put them in the container, and I have this huge container of coffee grinds because someone told me it's really good for my garden. Is that a wives' tale? Do you put it around certain plants? Tell me about it. So there's a couple different ways to use it. First, it's a definite positive for the garden. And we used to think not to put it directly on the plants because we thought it was acidic. But science tells us that after it's brewed, that acidity is gone. Personal, personally, I like to compost it with everything else, coffee grounds with everything else that I'm composting out of the kitchen. And so when we're, when we're doing that, we're just putting it somewhere. You know, whether it's in a bin or a pile, and it's it's all the vegetable scraps and eggshells, anything that once was living will become compost. If you wanted to just use coffee grounds, it would be okay to do it, and you would just use it as kind of a top dressing. Uh, but again, as I said, I like to, to, to mix it all together into the compost, and then when it, once it rots down to just this beautiful black gold, it works well that way. But it's it's a good thing to, you know, to recycle those coffee grounds, and you can use them in all sorts of different ways in the garden. You can use them on pots. You can use them to mix in with some soil. It's it's definitely a positive. And you just put them around the plant? Yeah, a lot of people do it the with— fertilizer? Yeah, like with roses and such like that, yeah. where, where they'll just, yeah, kind of sprinkle them on top, and then as it rains, it kind of decomposes and works its way into the soil. Any uh, interest in composting? Not really. Well, okay. maybe the eggshells with them. Yeah. Uh, you, I'm a if, city if, chick. It's, I don't have anywhere to really compost. Yeah. I mean, one way people do it <laughs> inside, you'll love this, is uh, using worms in bins. But uh, that, oh. yeah, that's a story for another day, I think. But you're fine to use your coffee grounds. No sweat. Okay. Okay. Thanks, guys. I All love right. listening to you. Thank you. All right. Number to dial if you have a question for Doug, 866-391-1020. Even though it's been hot, we've had a good deal of rain, haven't we? Yeah, it's been good for my garden. I mean, I did water the other day because I wasn't sure about the water today, if we're going to get rain today. But looks like really good chance tomorrow. Uh, it's been pretty good. We'll talk to Dick Till about that, especially with trees, newly planted trees especially. We, we worry about them. But... Lots of things to do, you know, this time of the year. The, oh, the other thing that people have been talking to me about is, and it always comes up this time of the year, is on tomatoes. Well, a couple things. First is um, the blights, early blight and septoria leaf spot. So if you're seeing the bottom leaves of your tomatoes kind of turning brown and yellow with spots on it, that's the, that's one of these two early fungal diseases. We call them, we call them an early disease because actually the plant is infected in May, and it manifests itself now. So if that is happening to your tomato plants, just remove that infected foliage as, as it comes, and the plants will be okay. It slows them down. Uh, it's just, you know, when you have a humid year and you've, you, you've you know, we have it has been humid and lots of rain, this is going to happen. Uh, that's the first thing. Uh, and it won't affect the tomatoes. But people are also... Uh, writing me about blossom and rot. And so what that is, is at the bottom of the tomato, which is really heartbreaking, it starts to turn black and kind of a sunken spot in there and will rot it away. And that's, that's, that's actually a watering issue. We see that a lot with container plants. 
the the key to 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 beating that disease and it's a calcium deficiency but the calcium's there it just can't get up to the tomato if it doesn't have water is keeping that soil whether it's in a container or in the garden evenly moist i had a guy send me a message yesterday you know he's been gardening forever he's in his 70s and he's never saw blossom end rot before so he's just like what is this a pest is this a disease what's going on and again it's just that watering issue and usually in the summer we get that pouring down rain and then dry out you know that's what we saw recently where you know even you know in my garden i had to drag that hose out there and and certainly water the containers and that's another thing to remember is when things do dry out you know containers need water but they also need fertilizer Nothing is more important than that. You know, we talked a couple weeks ago on the show uh, with somebody who had a very small hanging basket and just wondering, like, why can't I, why can't I keep it going? Uh, you know, and it's just, it's too small. Those roots have been pushed out to, to make all those flowers and they've eat, it's eating up everything that is in the container. So fertilization is important. Uh, you know, I, I talk a lot about this one that I love, Dramatic. Uh, that's with two M's. And uh, I know that it's available at uh, Chapin's Greenhouse. I think Han is out of it. All right, let's uh, say hi to uh, Peggy. She's out in Oakmont. She joins us now on KDK's Organic Gardener with Doug Oster. Hey, Peg. Hi, how are you? Good. Good. I uh, have problem with, I think it's boxwood blight. Can you talk a little bit about that, how I identify it and... Maybe control it, or is there no control? Well, you know what? Actually, you stay tuned, because that's going to be a perfect uh, question for Dick Till, because with boxwoods, what's happened is, first, they took a beating in December. Uh, secondly, they also get something called leaf miners, and it could be boxwood blight. But let's talk to Dick when he comes back, or when he comes on right after the news break, and, and stay tuned and he's the expert when it comes to that. So before um, before I let you go, tell me what's going on with that plant real quick. Um, we have nine of them in a garden, and three of the uh, Green Mountain, they're small ones, look like they they look like they were uh, weather related. They look like maybe they just froze in the winter, and that's mm -hmm. what I thought. But it's not growing out. It's just brown, and it looks like the, the foliage is falling off. And um, I haven't touched them. I haven't cut anything. I'm hoping okay. it would come back. All right. Well, stay tuned. We'll talk to Dick Till when we come back from the news break, and he'll give us all the information we need on your boxwoods. Thanks very much for your call. <laughs> Thanks. All right, Peggy, thank you. Listen, we're going to take a break here. If you have a tree question, we're going to spend a little time with uh, Mr. Till on that uh, fourth and final segment, taking your phone calls. But he and Doug with Davy Tree Talking Tree, water on everyone's mind, as always, this time of year when it comes to gardening. So we're going to dive into that. Also coming up next hour, speaking of uh, homegrown goodness, we're going to talk about all the leftover stuff in the garden, stuff that you're harvesting from the garden, big pot of stew, maybe a fresh salad, something that goes great with some of the wonderful things that you can find at Coons Quality Foods. All eight great locations. So we have a busy day still ahead of us, of course. Uh, open talk again in the 9 o'clock hour. More of the headlines you're hearing right now with Rob Taylor here live and local on KDKA. Bears your money and you. And then, of course, two hours of the Coons Market Black and Gold Sunday Show. Larry, Marty, looking for hometown heroes. If you know someone doing extraordinary things in your community, we want to know about them. Nominations are now open. KDKRadio.com. Larry and Marty's hometown heroes. 100.1 FM, AM 1020, KDKA.
I'm joined in studio by Dick Till from the Davy Tree Expert Company. And Dick, I want to start off with, we're going to talk watering today, but I want to start off with the boxwood question. You know, they took a beating coming out of winter. Do you have to be on site to, to determine if it's boxwood blight or not? Yeah, for boxwood blight, to get a definitive answer, you got to send a sample into the lab okay. and have it keyed out. But the boxwoods are, there's so many different problems with boxwoods. And there's so many different cultivars. Um, you know, there's boxwood psyllids, boxwood leaf miners, right. mites get on them. But yeah, right around Christmas time when it went down to zero, um, you know, the plants like to get acclimated to the cold, and it was 40 degrees, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden it was zero for three days, and the wind was blowing, so it just desiccates them and sucks some moisture out of them. Um, if they're young and growing real vigorous. You know, the real healthy ones can withstand it a little bit better. But if they're old and they've been sheared tight for years and they're weak, that cold weather and the wind just suck the moisture out of them. And right now, if there's no leaves on them, you know, they're they're gone. So you try to prune out the dead for just a little bit here and there. You can prune it out and hopefully it'll fill in. But so many of them were just tortured so bad. Yeah. That, yeah, they're sensitive plants and a lot of them like the winter gems and so forth they're a little bit more hardy and can resist the cold they like the green velvets that everybody likes a lot of those really got trashed by the cold weather you know we talked about this we've talked about this every time uh somebody from davy's been in here but have you seen the plants in general not just boxwoods but some of the other things that got hit hard in the winter have you seen them come back or have you seen them uh bite the dust no we've i've seen surprisingly um there's a lot of hollies especially the thin-leafed hollies but even some of the american cultivar like the um dragon ladies you know tall thin ones um people like to plant them like on either side of the front door Mm -hmm. on the corner where they're really exposed to the wind and right after the new year we had so many phone calls oh my my holly i think my holly's dead you know should i cut it down but if you look close, the buds are still viable and soft. And I was telling everybody, you know, just hang on. Let's see what happens when it gets warm, if the buds break. And and everybody said, well, are you sure? And I said, no, I'm not sure. I just hope so because that's what I'm telling everybody. Well, that's, that's great advice because uh, don't panic. You know, I have plenty of people that have sent me emails who panicked and just took it out and just cut it down. Yeah. And, and you know, plants are survivors. You know, yeah. Plants have been around forever and it's not their first time on the dance floor so just give them a chance and see what happens so let's talk about watering uh, what kind of season in general would you say for the trees do we have water wise i know we had uh 20 some days there at one point without rain yeah early in the season you know it's raining raining and everything was growing like crazy and we went 21 days without any rain mm. and if they're young plants you know newly planted plants um you got to keep up with the watering um, anything in pots, I heard you talking earlier, you know, anything in pots where the, you know, outside is exposed to the sun and the open air, the pots will dry out in one or two days. So you got to keep up with that. And a lot of it depends on the soil, uh, you know, the plant's requirements, you know, how much sun does it get, how much wind is on it. Um, if you have sandy soil, you know, that drains a lot quicker. It's going to need some more water. Um, if if I'm looking at a, a, a tree, 
is it giving me indications that like I'm thirsty or do I, am I poking around in the dirt to see if it needs, if I don't even, you know, if I've got sandy soil or woodland soil or how do I know when it needs water? Um, well, like I said, if they're young, you got to keep an eye on them. Most big, mature, healthy trees can take advantage of any, you know, even if it doesn't rain for, like I said, three weeks or so. Um, you just got to keep an eye on them. You know, if you start to see them wilting, you know, one thing I heard you talking about hydrangeas earlier, those are always like the canary in the coal mine, you know, when you mm -hmm. see your hydrangeas wilting, you know, things are getting dried out. Um, you know, and a lot of different trees like river birches, uh, sycamores, lemon plane trees that like a lot of water, you'll see them losing their foliage and that's just their way to conserve you know, so they don't transpire too much water. Um, you know, they just need a good, slow watering. And if you see people out there hand watering, <laughs> you know, trying to squirt the water around, they're just not really doing anything. They're a wasting, lot of times, wasting water. Right. And it does more harm than good because you're encouraging the roots to grow up to the water instead of going down when you water deep. So get that uh, hose out there. Put a sprinkler out there. And okay, let, let it, it run. Soak, yeah, let it soak nice and deep. And uh, yeah, like I said, those. And uh, then when uh, plants are under stress, like a lot of crab apples, when they start to get the, um, you know, the apple scab, the leaves start falling off. And and when again, when it gets dry, they try to conserve their energy, so they start losing leaves. But again, the healthier they are, you know, the more they'll hang on to it and withstand that. And if you keep it mulched, you know, that's good to help keep the moisture in the soil. But you got to watch because people that put too much mulch down year after year and they don't break up the old mulch layer, then the mulch actually gets hydrophobic. And you could stand there and squirt it with water or a big rainstorm. It just runs right off the surface. I always laugh when I drive out of Foster Plaza at that building across the street that has the volcano mulch that's like... As tall as you, Dick. Right, right. It's <laughs> the yeah. worst thing you can do for a tree. Yeah, you don't want it up against the trunk and, you know, want it too deep, but, you know, a good two to three inches and keep it fluffed up so the water can penetrate it. So, yeah, hydrophobic means that, that water's just running off instead of soaking in. Right, right. Uh, before I let you go, before we go to the break, let's talk a little bit about spotted lanternfly. That's just been on everyone's mind. I get a, a message... Yep. I'm sure you do call every day about spotted lanternfly. What I'm seeing is they're in, infesting, but I'm not seeing as much damage as I thought there would be. What are you seeing? Well, they're just actually just getting established here now. Uh -huh. If you go out east, you know, around Philadelphia, anywhere, even into Penn State, the infestations are so bad. And, you know, when they're sucking the sap and the juice out of the plant, their bodies use a starch for food, and then what they excrete is called honeydew, which is actually sugar water, and then that attracts bees and ants, and then the sooty mold grows on the sugar water and makes a big mess on everything underneath it. But yeah, there's so many, if you park your car under there, or if you have mm -hmm. a deck or anything underneath it, it's so sticky and such a mess, and you know you can't even sit out on your deck when they're feeding on the trees with all that honeydew falling on your head and yeah the, you don't want tree of heaven over your deck yeah right <laughs> yeah that's their favorite but i mean the all the stuff you know grapevines even wild grapevines 
Yeah, they just love them. Yep. I was at one in Upper St. Clair the other day, and all the weedy trees in the back he has a bunch of uh, silver maples, black locusts. They're covering grapevines. Man, they're just, I never saw so many yeah. spotted lanternflies. It's a pain. All right, hang in there. Uh, we can take a little break, and we'll get to your calls, too, when we come back. Uh, for more information about Davy Tree or to ask what's going on with your trees, go to davy.com slash kdk. Remember, you can always call an expert like Dick, and he'll come out for free from Davy Tree. At, just give him a call at 855-982-TREE. That's 855-982-8733. All right, Doug and Dick will be back. More of uh, Davy Tree talking Tree, this time taking your phone calls. So if you have a tree question, 866-391-1020. Jam Fest is back August 12th, North Park, three-on-three basketball tournament, grades three through adult, recreational plus an adult championship group. All team tickets benefit the good folks at Folds of Honor. Food trucks tip off at 10 a.m. Coach Dave Gray Kids Zone. Details and registration on the events page at kdkradio.com. Brought to you by Spitzer Toyota and UPMC Sports Medicine. Doug Oster is back, the organic gardener, Dick Till, Davy Tree. This is the fourth and final segment. And whenever they're here, we're talking to you about your tree issues. And here's Mary South Hills Prune Dogwood up first on KDKA. Hello, Mary. Hi. I'd like to know if it's possible to prune a weeping cherry and a American dogwood. The weeping cherry is about 25 foot tall, and the dogwood has taken off this year. And I'm not concerned about flowers next year. It's just coming, growing over the porch and the gutters and everything. And I'd wonder if it can be cut now. Yeah, yeah. yeah as long as you know, as long as you're not worried about the flowers. The thing with the dogwood is the buds are on there already, right? right. Yeah. Yeah, they already formed their flowers for next year, but. Yeah, you can do that. Those trees any time of year. There's only certain trees like oaks and elms that you can't prune this time of year. And the um, weeping cherry is about 25 foot tall. If you cut that back, will the new branches still grow? Uh, the grafted part will they still come down like they do now on the original graft? The tree that will it still weep, so to speak? Yeah, and it's good when you have a weeper like that. Anytime you get vertical shoots or horizontal shoots, those are the main ones that you want to cut back to keep the weeping form. But you can't do anything about the height of it or? Not really, not without ruining the tree. And those are pretty prolific sprouters too. So if, if you try to cut it back too much, a lot of the new growth that comes out will be trying to grow vertical. I mean, topping a tree, that's just something you rarely ever want to do. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, unless it's absolutely necessary. If you got wires or right. structures that you're trying to protect. Okay, All so right. we're good to go with the dogwood, though. Yep. Thanks okay. very much for your call. Thank you. All right, here's Joyce up next. Wants to talk peach trees on KDKA's Organic Gardener. Doug Oster and Dick Till, Till from Davy Tree. Go ahead, Joyce. You're on KDKA. Hi, thanks very much. I'm calling about um, peach trees. I have a couple of peach trees I planted last year. And they've been doing fine, but just recently, um, the leaves on them are starting to curl in. And I don't see any sign of bugs of any kind unless I'm not finding them. But I'm wondering if it's a watering issue or if there is something that causes them to curl in that I don't know about. Yeah, we would have to take a look at it and see because there's a lot of different causes, you know, leaf diseases that will make them curl and um, there's insects called leaf rollers that'll actually feed on the underside of the leaf and make it crawl backwards. So that's a case where you got to have an arborist come take a look. Yeah. Okay. And, and 
I always think this is amazing that you guys come out for free. I mean, <laughs> that's pretty good to get a scientist like you out there. Yeah, come check yeah. it out. And, and a lot of times people don't need anything, and they'll even say, hey, what do I owe you? say, nothing. Just whenever you need something, give me a call. And... All right, thanks for your call. Let's go to the next call. Mad scientist, but a scientist nonetheless, right there. Uh, let's go to Jay. Jay, you're on KDK. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I have a question about a smoke tree. It's four years old. I've had them at other places, and they've thrived. This one isn't doing well. Um, I have to put a post in to hold it up. It's gotten tall, but it doesn't get a lot of foliage on it. It's in a windy spot, but I'm wondering, should I prune it back, and when should I prune it? Yeah, those smoke bushes, again, those those things a lot of times will grow five or six feet a year. Um, yeah, a lot of people put them in there in the wrong spot, and they start to take over. But you can cut those back, and you know, hopefully the new growth will sprout out and look good. Again, that, that's, yeah. a, that's another one where I would just say, call an arborist, have them take a look at it. It's so hard to diagnose this stuff when you can't see it. Right, right. You got to look at this below where the roots are you got to look up what's going on there and and if it's in the sun it's in the shade yeah, where it's planted how it was planted was it planted too deep you know um we just gotta take a look at it and be able to determine what's going on yeah. all right here's tim in greensburg up next on the organic gardener on kdk hey how are you tim record mr goody T. all right let's go now to uh, dennis <laughs> in steubenville Always you know, he wait, waited on there for an entire segment. <laughs> There's a long history there. Yeah. Frank, a 101.5 says the people. Okay, number two on the hit parade. He, so, Doug? That's like the third week in a row we've got that, you know. Okay. Somebody's just, having fun. Speaking of mad scientists, there's always something <laughs> brewing in the laboratory. Well, I'm sitting next to a mad scientist when it comes to trees here at Dick Till. <laughs> uh, for more information about Davy Tree or to ask what's going on with your trees, go to Davy.com slash KDK. And remember, you can always call the experts like Dick from Davy Tree at 855-982-TREE. That's 855-982-8733. Dick, tell me a little bit about what it's like to be on these properties and working with these people. I mean, you've been doing this for a long time. Yeah, 40 years, going on 40 years. Wow. Here. Yeah, it's... um. You know, every day's an adventure. See different stuff all the time, and um, you know, people that don't know anything about trees and shrubs, the, you know, things they want to do and they think they can do. It just always amazes me. Even you know, doctors and stuff. You think, hey, I always tell them, uh, didn't you pay attention in high school biology? <laughs> you know, did people and they just take trees for granted a lot of times. Like, hey, they they just grow automatic all by themselves and they don't need any help but um you know there's so many different trees and problems out there to see and i've been doing this for a long time and you know the old saying you learn something new every day mm -hmm. and always see different stuff and and you know even all the stuff i know there's a lot that i don't know but i know where to get answers mm -hmm. and that's what I always tell everybody. If I can't figure it out when I'm there, I'll get back to you and let you know what's going on. And like I said, there's just so much going on out there and all different conditions and all the different variables and possibilities. It just keeps us on our toes. <laughs> it sure does. Every year there's something new, isn't there? Whether it's spotted lanternfly or beech leaf disease or whatever it might be. Right, right. 
Well, I'm answering questions after the show at DougOster.com. It'll be later on this afternoon when I can get back to you. I've uh, got lots of spotted lanternfly information on the website, DougOster.com, and two seats left for Tuscany in October. I'd love to go with you. <laughs> we have a lot of fun. Remember, organic gardeners, you make our world brighter and safer with each seed you sow and every garden you grow. Are we going to see you one more time, or is this it? Um, I'm not sure. I haven't looked at the schedule. Well, or... if, if not, you're, you're the best, brother. We well, appreciate thanks. you very much. Thanks. Oh, him. Okay. Yeah, yeah, him. <laughs> and free, too. They come out. Right, Doug? Free. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> Being a cheapskate. Like I'm it. looking here to see if... No, Dick, you're back uh, September 17th. Oh, good. Good, good, good. All right, short break. News coming up, Doug. As always, a pleasure. And then Frank Dentisi is here. We're cooking up always something good in the Coons Cooking Hour on KDK. It's your Pratt Pack. Good morning. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 